What's happening, everybody? It's Kira and Ben back again. So this week, we are taking a break from suggestions, and we're just covering a few films that we've been talking about lately and that we're really excited about. So kicking it off, we're, our first film is going to be The Banshees of Ira Sheeran. Um, ben, can you tell me about your history with this film? It's a newer one. Uh, so you had mentioned that it was up for an Academy Award, and to check it out so i ended up having a day off and i ended up watching it and um yeah so i am a really big fan of this movie i um also just watched it when it had first come out um i didn't see it in theaters i did watch it on streaming i am a big fan of this movie i really like um the the trio of martin mcdonahue uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. I think they all they work really well together. Um, I did love in Bruges um, when that came out in the early two thousands. Um, I thought that movie was hilarious. No, did you see that? No, no, I did not. Okay, so it's so funny. So they play um, like hitmen, and then he's like, "I don't want to die in Bruges," and then he like dies in like Belgium. It's very funny. It's very silly. It's it has this the same like themes of like being like a dark comedy like this one does. Um, this one to me was better though like a more fulfilling story i thought i thought it was weird i thought it was very weird i I was watching it and i was like this is absolutely insane um two friends the guy doesn't want to be his friend and decides that if you know if you keep on trying to be my friend i'm going to cut my fingers off and i was like what 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 the (laughs) hell what the hell is it what kind of crazy movie (laughs) so yeah so uh let's talk about this story a little bit (laughs) so it follows um these two friends they live on a coastal um island off of uh ireland called is a fictional island called ira sheeran and is set in 1923 and the only reason why this is important is because the um, Irish Revolution is happening on the mainland. It is always in the distance. They talk about hearing the bombs. They talk about this fighting that is happening over there. And when his uh, Colin Farrell's sister ends up uh, inevitably at the end of the movie leaving the island, she actually talks to him in the letter about how the conflict is coming to an end and he would be able to find work and things like that. So I do not know much about the Irish Revolution. I was doing, I I know about it because I did learn about it, but I'm not well-versed in it. I was doing a lot of research for it while um, preparing for this episode of the podcast because I watched actually a very interesting um, video essay about this movie and how this is actually an allegory for the Irish Revolution. We have Colum, who is the IRA, and then we have uh, Podrick being free states. And I think um, we can we can get into this a little bit or a lot of it. It's most of what I want to talk about um, because I think it's a really interesting because even though it is a similar conflict that is happening through these two friends, it is set with the backdrop of this Irish Revolution. So we have Colum, who is the IRA, essentially, who is just continually hurting himself for a cause. And it's like, what cause are you hurting yourself for? Like, you're causing turmoil within this community. And you see the free states or uh, Colin Farrell's character, Podrick, always trying to, like, reconcile and come to and be like, let's talk about this. Like, let's not fight. And I think it's really I think it's really interesting. I mean, do you feel like how do you feel about this? Do you feel like I wish I'd seen that? Because I didn't see that and I didn't know none of that. So I just saw this movie where this guy's (laughs) chopping off his fingers and I'm going, what am I watching? But now that you've put that out there, I'm like, oh, you're like, okay. oh, I see, it. I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's so interesting. So, Colum, his big thing is he is sick of 
Podrick's friendship. He's like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. You're dull to me. I want to spend all my time focusing, composing this piece of art, right? Yeah, music. Yeah. But as as he's saying this, he's like, so if you talk to me, I'm going to cut my fingers off. And what what's the point of cutting your fingers off if you're trying to compose a piece of music? We see it towards the end where he can't even play his viola because he has no fingers. Right. And was that metaphoric, like, like him saying he wanted to cut off his fingers because he couldn't? finish the piece he was working on because in his mind he 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 knew in, in his own right that he would never be able to finish this piece no matter what he did so he used it as an excuse to cut his fingers off so he would never have to no i think he cut his fingers off because he was being um selfish and stupid and he didn't i don't think he understood like whatever conflict that he was having within himself you see it when he's talking like to the po- to the priest in confession and i, w- I want to talk about those scenes specifically as well um when he's talking to the priest in confession he's talking about the despair coming back and you can see that he is really struggling and i think he's doing this as just like a way to sort of cope with how he's feeling and i think he doesn't understand i i feel like he understands the hurt that he's performing and doing to himself as well to podrick as well as to the other people in this community like this french this the breaking up of this friendship has really shaken the whole island yeah, so that would be like the IRA knowing that they're causing all kinds of turmoil and strife, but believing that no matter what they did, they are in the correct. They are in the correct. And it, you see it when the IRA actively fights. They like hire Irish soldiers to fight and kill other Irish people. And I think, and it's like you're just hurting yourself. Right. You're not, you're not moving the cause forward. And I think, and then I think we see this because as the fight goes on for Irish independence, they kind of, for, not that they forget what they're fighting about, but it kind of gets lost in translation. And they're like, why are we still so angry with each other? We're only hurting each other. We're tearing families apart. We're tearing friends apart. This is who we're hurting. And I think it's really interesting just because obviously um, the IRA was Protestants and um, the Free State was Catholic. And you see in this movie the priest specifically specifically siding with Podrick, who represents the free states, and in confession saying to Colum, I can't give you confession. Right. You're you're doing X, Y, and Z. And it's kind of, I found that very interesting. Self-mutilation. Yeah. Yes, like all that stuff against the Bible. Yeah. yeah. So I found that that was really interesting because the Catholic Church did side with the free states during this. And we see the Catholic or the church figure in this small town siding with uh podrum i mean uh podrick and then we also have who i would call the british rule which is the one cop on the island oh yeah he's a jerk he's such a jerk and i think because he's kind of this only like one sort of figure of authority there and you can see that it's the only time that colin and podrick become united is when they are against him they're with him sometimes. Well, Podrick's always against him, but Colum's with him sometimes, but then they're always against each other. Like you see when um, he comes up to Podrick in the bar and he's like, I'm going to beat you. You deserve it. Blah, 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 whatever. And Colum punches him out and knocks him out. Yeah. And we see them come together to fight the bigger evil, which is the British empire, which is a- another part of this like revolution is like, you're tearing your people apart and you're, you shouldn't be fighting each other. You should be fighting the British. He um he did that because he threw fingers at the house to show that he was serious about, and then the mule died. Yeah, but the, I was just donkey. talking about the cop. Yeah. yeah, and so and then so I didn't realize how significant. Now that we're going to talk about Jenny, I didn't realize how significant donkeys were in Irish culture. 
So it is like a a donkey is like a very high symbol. Yeah, I didn't know that either. No, I, I'm Irish. I'm I'm also not Irish. Um, <laughs> I am Irish. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. Forgive me. <laughs> so I think it's really interesting this scene specifically. So we see he cares for his animals the most. Yeah. Right. This is all he wants. I love how he's always trying to bring Jenny into the house. Always trying to like have his animals in the house. I love it. So in a fit of Podrick trying to stand up for himself to Colm. He's like, we're going to be friends. He like bursts into his house. Colm comes and he cuts off the rest of his four fingers. So before he's just done one and now his whole left hand is gone. And he litters them around um, Podrick's house. Jenny, just a miniature wee donkey, doesn't know, eats a finger, chokes on it, and dies. Now, this has devastated uh, Podrick. To the point where he goes to threaten Colm and saying that he's going to burn down his house, which he does. Honestly, I thought it was so funny. I was watching this and he's burning down a concrete house. Like, did you notice? I was like, oh, my God. So I thought I thought that was I thought that was cute because I was like, you know, the house isn't going to fully burn down. And obviously Colm escaped. But I thought it was really interesting that even though he wanted to commit this act of violence on towards his ex-friend, he still saved um, the dog. So let's talk about the character of Dominic next, who I think was just kind of a byproduct of like the island and of this like falling out. And he just wanted love and like acceptance. And like, I don't know, I think when we see because we see Podrick kind of turning into an asshole as like his friendship with Colm is disintegrating and you see him and Dominic trying to like you see Dominic trying to come to him and you see him pushing Dominic away And I think it's really sad because Dominic is just looking for like that friend. And I think when he's talking to Siobhan by the water and he's like, do you ever think like you could fall in love with someone like me? Like, and then she's like, no. And he's like, oh, my dream's dead. Like that like devastated me. Yeah. I was, I felt like poor. He was just so misunderstood. His dad was beating him. He just wanted connection. But I really liked him when he died at the end. I was, that was shocking to me. No, I, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be him, but the witch yes. made it seem like someone was definitely going to die and it was going to be tragic at that lake. And and it was him. It was him. Which was tragic. I mean, okay, so now that we've brought up the character of Mrs. McCormick, she, as I've seen in movies before, I like to call them plot witches where they just <laughs> move around and drive the plot forward. But I think in this one, she meant a little bit more than that. I think she was like a, a literal banshee like i think that's like what her so like a banshee is a harbinger of um like a spirit harbinger of death i would say Mm -hmm. and sadness and pain so i think her kind of like walking around and like sulking the island and like predicting things that is going to happen i think that's what and like i think that's what she represented even though she did like drive the plot with these like negative things by like being like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And just like kind of like always being in the background. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting because as I was doing some research on banshees, they say that there's typically one banshee for every family. But this island only has one banshee. So I think it's supposed to speak to like how close knit and how like how tight this one community is, which further leads to like how this eruption of a friendship is like really tearing the community apart. So I really liked that. I thought it was funny. I always love when they use the title of the movie in the movie. So when he's talking about this song, he's like, I think I'm going to call it the Banshees of Earshear. And I was like, that's the name of the movie. 
you can see how like when they're in the bar and they're not together how affected the other people of the town are because they you know they're like you guys aren't going to talk you guys aren't going to work this out you know and then you know when they get one guy gets mad and they're like okay we don't want to make you mad we just we just don't understand what's going on yeah and i think it's so interesting to see like the difference like so there's basically like two main places that this movie takes place outside and then in the bar (laughs) and i think it's so funny how like bar is this one like epicenter for the whole town it's like where everyone goes it's like 2 p.m he's always there having a pint 4 p.m someone's having a sherry like i thought that was very cool it kind of gave me like a cheers vibe (laughs) um but it's true like you see them and you see the bartender initially being like i don't understand why column's not with you and he's like i don't know either and then to see to see how I think it's just so interesting how we're all connected and to see how one because Colm's doing this and thinking in his head, I'm doing this for myself. This is what's best for me. And everyone around him is like, can't you see how this is affecting us? Yeah. Everyone's like, I what is happening? So I um I grew up in neighborhoods where bars were centerpieces like uh, Hogan's to uh, Tony's Pub. And all our friends would go and meet on the weekends at these pubs. And we'd like play darts, play pool. And, you know, it was like the hub for us. Like we all meet there. Everybody we knew would come meet us there. We might go to other places, but we knew the bartenders. Yeah. We knew everybody. And it was like our place. It became our place. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of got that vibe with this. I understood it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you have a place like that, you just grow that community and that sense of like, togetherness which i think this movie ta- is a, a good showing of like how we are all connected in this togetherness even if we are trying to separate ourselves from it and we just see it mostly with calm trying to like and like he's just like his reasons are so arbitrary arbitrary which i think are so funny it's like he's dull he just has idle chit chat like he talked to me two for two hours about shit like and it's like yeah but what else is there to do on this friggin island <laughs> Well, I mean, if you look at it like as a religious thing, a lot of people view Catholicism as boring. Right. One-sided, you know, something that like is just draining and like beaten into you every day, every day. It's the same routine, same routine. And a lot of people want to break away from that because they're like, you know what, this is something that's that's old and dull and, and it's just not for me. And then you can view it as like, you know, the Protestants saying that about the Catholics. Yeah. That's so true. And and yeah, and it's really interesting. Like, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought, but I agree. Like, I, do that to, I do that to you a lot. Yeah. No, I'm so I, t- I sap her will. No. <laughs> That's what I do here, people. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, I totally agree because you can see like the boringness and the mundaneness and like in all those things. Uh. Yeah, I agree. Like, let's face it. Not a lot of people going to church these days. No, just saying. But I also think like, I don't know. I I grew up in the church. I still go to church sometimes. It is very important to my family. Um, but I, I feel like unless you, there's a lot of hypocrisy within religion, and I think it's more within how people practice it versus how it is like written. Because I mean, it's all up into interpretation. But and I think now people have like a lower of a bullshit meter. But back to uh, Banshees of Irishiran. Let's talk. I think one thing I thought was so funny is in this small town, we have the telegraph lady. I forget her name. And she is like all about the gossip. Yeah. And I think what I really liked that showed me that Podrick was a good person is when you have the cop come in and he's gossiping about how these people have been dying and like just being very cavalier and 
Colin Farrell kind of stands up to him and he's like, well, I heard you beat the shit out of your son with a kettle. And then the the woman's like, that kind of sucks for gossip. He's like, it's literally the same thing. Like you guys are like, just because it's about someone, you know, like I think that was really interesting how like they can talk very cavalierly about other people. But like when you bring up someone in the room, like, and they're confronted with that, like you can't. And then we see it obviously rattles the policeman that, that he beats him up outside and then you see Colum and Podrick coming together again because they, the IRA and the free states would always, like, they would want to, they have a common enemy, which is the British Empire, which they had a common enemy, which was this asshole policeman. So I thought it was really interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm really off base. I did enjoy this movie. I thought the way, like, the way that it was filmed also was very heartbreaking to me because even though it was, like, a pretty like well-paced movie it like the long shots just filled me with so much despair like i was filled with despair yeah i get it i mean it was it was a very like the the, the scenery and everything was beautiful but like it was just such a a sad movie like you're like because you see these two people who were friends for a long time and they they no longer have the friendship you see the sister who's desperately trying to get off the island and do something with her life you see you know over in the distance you see ireland itself torn torn apart by you know uh, inner conflict and it was just like it was very sad it was very sad and i think though that it's like i it's also like something that just happens and i think this movie does a good job of showing it even if even if reasons aren't correct or right like people change i guess that's like the thing like people change right but at the same time everyone stays the same because at the end of the movie you see them talking together on the beach and he's like, oh, I guess this is like peace for now or something like that. And then as um, Podrick walks away, it pans out and you see uh, Mrs. McCormick still there, kind of to me symbolizing that there's still a lot of mayhem to come. Like this isn't resolved. Right. I mean, it, in a relationship, when you get into a relationship, when it first starts, it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. You're having a great time. But then it starts to dwindle. It starts, you, you know, you see little innuendos of the other person that you really don't like. You see... You know, the, the the thrill is gone. It becomes, I mean, not all the time, I'm saying, but a lot of the times you see, like, what you were infatuated with goes away. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think the more you get to know someone, I mean, everyone, no one's perfect. No, no. And also, you might have, like, expectations of the person that aren't real. Exactly. You know, you'd be like, oh, this person's the best in the world. Like, I know from a lot of my relationships, I was the fixer. I saw someone that was broken. I thought I could fix them because I was broken myself. <laughs> and all it did was cause more kinds of crap in my life than I can imagine and cause more strife and more pain. And then when I stopped searching for that type of person, I end up marrying my wife, who is the total opposite and is nothing like the type of person I would ever thought I would have married. But look at you now. Look at me now. Look at you now. Look Happily now. married. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Yes. I'm Happily telling Kim. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm playing but like no i think that's so true and like i think it's just so funny because when you have the death of a relationship there's always going to be one person that's rejected and that's going to be the person that is constantly looking for like that inkling of like what did i do wrong i think it's very human for us to not to want clarity on why something happened to us right like, that's, like, all he's searching for. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong to you. If I did, let me know. I'll apologize. And I just think it was so unfair on Colm's end to be like, yeah, you're just dull. I'm bored. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, it's hurtful when you reject someone. 
Oh, 100%. And, like, there's always sides. Like, you'll have tons of friends in a relationship, and you guys are friends together, and then when you break up, there's sides. There's sides. And people that you thought were your friend will may side with the other person. And this, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. And I think, so I have friends obviously i'm not a, i'm not a loner i have friends it's good to know that <laughs> um, i don't know why i said it like that like i have friends <laughs> she's somebody <laughs> um no but i i just had this friend um who went through a very difficult time in her life and she just went through i think one of the worst breakups i've ever seen and i thought it was really funny how everyone chose her side and how she was like so nervous that they wouldn't and the only reason why i bring this up is because in this movie you kind of people will always kind of side with like I don't want to say like the victim but like the rejected right because so I just think that's interesting because you do see a lot of the town appreciating both Colm and Podrick but kind of leaning more with Podrick than Colm because they kind of see Colm as like this like kind of like madman he's like turning insane he's chopping his fingers off he's just like sitting in the bar just like trying to compose music. And I think it's really interesting because in Colm's head, I don't think he thought he would be the one on the outs. Yeah. Not that he's specifically on the outs, but that he's he doesn't have the same supports as like Podrick, I would say, even though Podrick feels so alone. Yeah, but then he brings in his own his own like, people support group and then what do you call it? Um, Podrick sabotages it. Yeah, that's so true. It's kind of like, you know, you, you are basically the person that everybody's looking at going, wow, yeah, I feel bad for you. But then you do these things that, you know, kind of make it like, all right, well, you're, you, you're you kind of throwing wood on the fire. And then he literally threw wood on Colm's house to burn it down. <laughs> yeah, to pay back for the mini donkey. Pay back for the mini donkey. I was so sad for the mini donkey. I liked the mini donkey. I liked I was, Jenny. I was like, oh, wait a minute. You killed the donkey. And I did think it was when he came into the bar and he was like, I'm going to, you know, he's upset and he's yelling at the guy. And he tells him about the donkey. He's like, your donkey died? He's like, my donkey died. He's like, he choked on your finger. And then the cop comes in, he's going to punch him, and he's like, his donkey died. He goes, I don't give a shit, and then he knocks him. <laughs> yeah, because I think, because Colm never wanted to hurt anyone except for himself and Podrick. I think that's why he threw the fingers. Like, you could just cut off your own fingers and not give them to him. Yeah. Or, like, maybe put them in, like, a nice little box, yeah. wrap it up. I don't know. So I think it's when he sees, like, a consequence of his action that he wasn't even anticipating, it kind of grounds him a little bit. And then he does defend Podrick. So would that be like the IRA saying like when they bomb stuff and uh, hurt innocent people that they really felt terrible because they didn't want to do that? That wasn't their intentions? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that, okay. even though they're doing it for their cause. Right. I mean, you know, what is it? The needs of the many outweigh the, the needs, needs of the few. few or the one. Oh, I'll throw a Star Trek reference. In there. <laughs> I'll say I won't. I'll throw Spock out there all day, buddy. And then I think it's interesting because then the only ones that are hurt, especially when we see like within the free states and the IRA is families, it's friends, it's people who's getting ripped apart because they're on the wrong side of this. Yeah. It's like the civil war. It's like, ah, ah, ah. it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, this movie, I mean, I, I guess any, we're covering a lot of movies about British tyranny in different ways. And I think this movie kind of fits into that category because the Irish are fighting from the British and it, it's just interesting that this movie related to all that, that we, that we've been covering in other films. Right. And I mean, if you look at like over, over the film law, law, um, British isn't portrayed as, um, a great people. I mean, if you look at Braveheart, you know, what was the thing he said? Let's, let's have sex with the women and breed them out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean so they, British rulers were not like the most kind and 
you know, generous to the people they, they took over. They were like very, you know, you're a subservience and we're going to treat you like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're a colonizer, you have that have to have that mindset because yeah. that's how you can like literally overtake like colonies and people. Like and the Spaniards. And the, yeah. And the, you know, the French. Yeah. God, yeah. we haven't even started talking about the atrocities of the French yeah. yet. Yeah, no. no. Um, but <laughs> we'll stick to the British um, for now. Hey. <laughs> okay. But no. So this movie was nominated for a lot of Oscars. Yeah. It did not win a single one. It it did lose consistently to everything everywhere, which I think is, so I love both these movies. Um, I could not pick a favorite between the two, maybe everything everywhere, just because it's a, it's a different type of film. Right. Yeah. View it the same. You can't view it the same. This one is much more, um, in depth. Yeah. In depth, atmospheric. I would say it's way more moody, deeper roots. Yeah. Deeper roots. But I, I mean, you, if you haven't listened to our episode about everything, everywhere, all at once, I highly encourage you to um, also see the movie. These are great movies. A lot of good movies, I think, have been coming out lately. Yeah. I think we're we're in this era where uh, we're trying to we're trying to promote so much like new content or even like old like things being revived with new context. And I think it's great. And I love seeing it. I love hearing new voices. Um, obviously, Martin McDowell is not a new voice. As we've said, this is a second another film that of his that he has done with this duo. But I think he does it so well and I think he works with them again because he knows how to tap into their chemistry. Like obviously like this is a devastating film about the end of a friendship, but like you could feel their friendship. Yeah. And what did, um one of the characters was Mad Eye Moody from Is Brendan Gleeson Mad Eye Moody? Yeah, he's from from Harry Potter. That's really him? Yes. Okay. Yeah, cuz my wife pointed that out when I was watching it. Okay. She she looked up on her phone she's like that's Mad Eye Moody. Be- okay. Okay. So that was said to me during the viewing, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was. It was. That's so funny. So Brendan Gleeson and Donald Gleeson were both in Harry Potter. That's awesome. They're father and son. Oh, are they? Yeah. I didn't know. Well, stop Gleeson. Kind Gleeson. Of, yeah. How so many Gleesons are fan? there? <laughs> uh, Jackie Gleeson, the honeymooners. That's <laughs> true. That's true. No, I like Donald Gleeson. I was waiting for him to show up in this. I, okay, that that is a sidetrack. I'm so sorry. I'm going on a tangent now. So back to the Banshees. Um, so it was nominated. It did lose. I would highly recommend it though. I think it is a great film. And honestly, like we are taking different things out of it than you would take. And obviously, we started this podcast talking about it in two different ways. So I think it's a great movie up for interpretation. I mean, everyone I think can relate to it because everyone has had a falling out. Yeah. Everyone has either had a breakup, a falling out, and everyone can understand and I think relate to this. It's yeah. it doesn't feel it doesn't have to be a relationship either. It could be family. It can be family. It can be literally any sort of relationship or bond that you have with a person that is ending. And I think a, a mourning the and in film I don't I don't know. I think mourning the death of a relationship, even a friendship, is actually probably sometimes harder than a romantic relationship because Everyone understands at some point romance is going to come to an end, right? Like that. But like friendships were were conditioned and taught to believe that friendships last forever. And I think we really see that like breakdown in Podrick when he's like, I thought this was forever. You liked me yesterday and you don't like me today. No, like I'm older. So like I had some really, really, really long lasting friendships that I thought would never end. And I barely speak to these people. And they I, end. Yeah. And that's just how it is. But some, but like, also, there's like a difference between having, I think, like a giant falling out and then like people growing apart. Yeah. I mean, once you're becoming an adult, like life becomes busy and it becomes hard, and you actively have to like make these choices to not ignore people or yeah. things like that. So I think it's, it's 
life. It's life. And it's and that's why I love movies like this because movies are they are reflections of the world around us and the collect and how the collective is feeling. Obviously, that's why they're movies. They're universal. People anyone can relate to them. So I think this one really took me by surprise on how much I liked it. Well, now that I know a little bit more about it, I'm like, oh, I kind of opened my eyes to like the things because I was like, oh, just watching it without knowing that like the thing you was talking about, the, the special you had seen. I just saw it as this movie and I just thought it was very strange. Like, <laughs> what, like what am I watching? Why am I watching this? As people are cutting their fingers off because they're mad at each other. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> but now that you've mentioned that, you know, it reflects on the IRA and the, the Catholic uh, battle and you know i'm like oh oh okay oh, okay I see, I see this now oh okay kira's not crazy she's not re- recommending bad things to right? me i was like i was like what is she got me watching no so i would recommend it i watched it on hbo max um i'm sure you can rent it anywhere but if you have hbo max it is free uh this is not a sponsor for hbo max but they do have a great film selection so i would uh Definitely get that streaming service. <laughs> yes, 100%. I was just watching Watership Down, a movie that we're going to be reviewing. So I yeah. also watched that on HBO, so I guess we'll plug it twice. <laughs> right? go, go HBO. <laughs> well, Ben, do you have anything else to add? No, no, no. If you get a chance to watch Banshees, uh, check out the, the special that she was talking about before oh, yeah. you watch it. Um, here, let me see if I can find it. it is, I watched it on YouTube. It is a YouTube video essay, and it was, I thought, really, really interesting and really great. It's called The War Allegory and the Banshees of Irishiran by Socio Cinema. Please check it out if you can. Um, I thought it was a really interesting video essay. It's really short. It's like 12 minutes long. But I think it really it really helped me understand more of the context of the film because I knew going in these ideas of it. But at the same time, like I said, I try to learn as much as I can before coming on here so I don't sound like a complete and utter buffoon. But I do miss some things. And Maybe you get lost in translation. <laughs> yeah, nope, nope. The buffoonery is mine. She can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in and catch us next time on What's Happening.